RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. All right, so we've done weight loss, and now we're on to iron. Iron, and, yes. you know, whenever I think of iron, I, I think of blocks of steel in a lathe being sort of honed into some sort of shape. That's the same sort of iron, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is, and, and one of the big, the really interesting thing about your analogy is that I think iron in the body rusts as well. Um, maybe rusting's not exactly the, you know, the chemical term or the biochemical term, but, but you know, iron can change it from it, that F2 to the F3 form, and, and that's the result of reactive oxygen species. That can cause a stress on the body. So, um, yeah, iron rusts. Yeah, well, what's that, uh, rust never sleeps? Exactly. On the exactly. outside or the inside, right? So Yeah, indeed. Uh, the, the other interesting thing about iron, I believe that it, it originally is created inside the core of massive stars when they go supernova. So we've got really ancient stuff that's been through incredible processes sitting in us right now. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. We're really walking around with the universe in us, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I always like those sorts of... Uh, Wow, kind of things. All right, where do we start with iron? First well, of all, just, how does it benefit us? Why do we have it? Yeah, well, yeah, I just um, – let me move on to that, but I just wanted to clear up a couple of myths. You know, like I think people think the only reason we have iron is to prevent iron deficiency anemia. You know, basically the iron moves into the red blood cells and the red blood cells – the hemoglobin component is responsible for transporting oxygen around the body. And I think medicine views that as the sole purpose of iron. And of, of course, it's not. Iron has numerous actions within the, in the body, within every cell of the body, and making red blood cells is only one of them. So what does it do? It's important for the immune system. It's extremely important for energy. Anyone that's been iron deficient would would know that. But it also creates neurotransmitters. So by that, we're meaning serotonin and dopamine, the, the um, chemicals within our brain that make us feel well. Also, hormones, and we all know how essential those are. And perhaps one of its most important roles, it's involved in apoptosis. That's the process of programmed cell death you know so every cell is programmed to last for a certain number of days or weeks and at the end of that time it's supposed to die if it stops dying then we've got a problem uh, one of those manifestations of that is cancer so iron is intimately involved in that process of programmed cell death so when a cell dies it's it's obviously replaced by a new cell but cells won't just automatically come out of nowhere. They have the, the, there's a queue, right? One dies, another one's created. It's not like they pile up on top of each other. No, and, and it's a carefully orchestrated, uh, you know, system. But if the cells aren't dying at the rate that they're supposed to, or the time that they're supposed to, then yes, you can get the kind of problems you were describing. There, there'll be a, a backlog, and as they get older, they become more and more dysfunctional. Um, that doesn't apply to you and I. We're still talking about cells. I was going to say that. I've heard that yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, as the cell gets older, you know, it, it loses its function and it, it needs to be replaced at the right time by a, a young 
enthusiastic, uh, effective cell. New recruit. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, okay. And the iron at a sort of like a, um, a, a chemical level is responsible for or is part of that process, that it's kind part of, of biochemical process. process, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Obviously, okay. All right, so if we don't have enough iron, it's not a good thing. Okay, there's that cell thing, but you, you mentioned, um, you know, energy levels and, and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. and it'd be pretty obvious if you're deficient, right? Well, kind of yes and no. Um, if if you've got extreme iron deficiency, then yes. But if it's just mild, then I think you could probably function quite well, but just be under par. So, so that's kind of the point I'm making. You know, the iron deficiency anemia is the you know the extreme end of the spectrum. But these mild iron deficiencies, I think, are causing a lot of problems and they're not being recognised unless we're looking at the iron studies in the correct way. Hey, So I just um, wanted to start with how much iron do you actually need in a day? And um, you and I, um, sort of youngish, um, youngish uh, men, we, we need about eight milligrams of iron a day. A menstruating woman needs about 18, so so twice as much. But a pregnant woman needs about 27 milligrams a day, which is about three times as much. So then when I read that, I went, oh, I'm going to have to look and see how much iron is contained in various foods. So some of the highest sources of iron are beef and liver and oysters. So... If if you're a oysters, oysters, yeah. So if you're a a, a meat lover, um, you're you're going to like hearing that. But I was very surprised when I read that lentils are actually higher, have higher a serving of lentils actually has a higher milligram amount, and also chickpeas are high, tofu is high, half a cup of cooked spinach is about three point two. Uh, milligrams of iron compared with a serving of meat at 2.7. So the cooked spinach is actually higher because we've always got this view that um, the red meat is the highest source of of iron. And we've been, we've thought that people on whole food plant-based diets are missing out on iron. And that's not true in terms of the milligram content, but there's another factor con- to consider here the the iron in animal products is called heme iron. It, it basically comes from blood. So meat, fish, and chicken, they, they all have blood, and we're consuming the blood with within that product. That's heme iron, and it's much more easily absorbed into the body. Um, probably 15 to 35% of that is actually absorbed. So if we average that out at 25%, but if you look at the non-heme iron, which is in plant sources, it's poorly absorbed or less well absorbed. So only 2 to 20% of that is absorbed. So if you average that out, it's about 11%. So the heme iron is twice as well absorbed compared with the non-heme iron. So even though the non-heme sources are good sources of iron. When you take into account that absorption issue, uh, that's why we've been saying for a long time that red meat is one of the highest 
sources of available iron, as I think the way we should be saying that. Kind of beats the plant um, source hands down in a way. Yeah, um, well, it's probably twice twice as effective. So yeah. I guess you've got to eat twice the amount of spinach to get the same amount. But I, you know, I don't think that's all bad. I think you know the whole food plant based sources of iron are, are pretty good. Um, when I read that, and you know, not definitely not second best. You've just got to eat a higher volume. You can mix the two though, too. Couldn't you? That's a really great. That's a really great comment because we can increase the absorption of iron uh, if we have it with certain foods. And if you have an iron-containing food with vitamin C, you increase the absorption. So certainly, if you were going to have chickpeas, for example, um, have that with vitamin C, and you will increase the absorption. So I think that's one of the big points. Also, you can decrease the absorption with um, certain foods, and the one that jumped out to me was tannin in tea. Uh, so don't drink a cup of tea with your plant-based iron-containing foods if you want to absorb them. Have them with a glass of orange juice. Yeah, so, oh, okay, so the tea stops that, so it kind of cancels out the effect. What, what What's getting in the way, do we know? Uh, is it? It's the tannins. I'm, I'm not sure of the bike. like inhibiting the process or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, don't know how, but it's inhibiting the absorption. So it's fine to drink tea, just don't have it with the iron-containing food. And if you, if you look at, you know, like a serving of red meat, for example, at 2.7 milligrams, and you're a pregnant woman and you're needing 27 milligrams a day, uh, you can see how you actually have to try quite hard to, yeah. to get, to get enough to the total. To get to the total. Yeah. 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 So you would be eating, you probably want to have some, a serving of beef or something every day, right? And you'd be wanting probably quite a good quantity of the plant-based stuff to go with it as well. Because yes. that's quite that's quite a target to get to twenty seven milligrams a day. Yeah, um, it's it's very high. And menstruating woman at eighteen milligrams, I think yeah. even that's quite a high requirement. So the the point I'm making here is, I think you've got to put considerable effort. Well, most people have to put considerable effort into getting adequate iron. Does it result in any grumpiness? Not not having enough iron <laughs> yep. in the system. Yes, it does. You know, uh, okay, right, yeah. 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 It's making neurotransmitters, making hormones accountable for energy, so definitely. Okay, what about um, losing iron? How does that happen? Yeah, so so you can you can lose, well, you, you could not absorb enough iron, but you can lose iron by basically losing blood. So one of the things we get really concerned about when we out of the blue pick up an iron deficiency is, is that person losing iron from their gut, for example? It, it could possibly be a sign of bowel cancer. So that's one of the oh, thoughts okay. that yeah. comes into a doctor's mind. If it's a, a woman who's menstruating, the likelihood is that the iron loss has come from that. Um, and clearly with pregnancy, there must be a lot of iron going into the formation of the placenta and the fetus. So so that's, I guess, in some ways a loss from the mother's body. Is there an awareness from 
your, your experience and colleagues' experience, is there an awareness amongst uh, pregnant women? Because I didn't know that when we were having our kids. Maybe someone told my my uh, wife at the time. But, um, you know, to have that sort of awareness is, is useful information, isn't it? It sort of goes to the core of having a, what, a healthy pregnancy? It does indeed. And, and I think that's one of the key things that, should happen during pregnancy is this attention to nutrition and ensuring that um, they're not just iron, but all of these important nutrients are in adequate amounts. Okay, so should we get on to the process? Iron the process. Yeah, so I, um, I've i done a, a talk on this uh, recently and I, I went back and, and looked at it. It's on YouTube. Um, if anyone's interested, it's just Glenn Davies. And if you just put an iron, and what um what I did with Nurse Emma is we we got some red food coloring and water, and we moved it between glasses, demonstrating how the iron moves around in the body. So first of all, you absorb it into your blood, but you can't transport. Uh, free iron in your blood because I guess it would rust. So um, it has to be linked to a protein carrier and that's called transferrin. So think of transferrin as a bus. It's it's moving the iron from the absorption from the gut into the iron stores. And so, so when you get a blood test, you'll get serum iron, which is the amount of iron in the blood. You'll get transferrin, which is the buses. And you'll also get iron saturation, which is the number of buses that are full. I'm sorry, the number of seats on the bus that are full. And then you get ferritin. So ferritin tends to be the one that's checked. Ferritin is basically the amount of iron in the warehouse. So, you know, we're transporting it from our gut into the warehouse, a reasonably complex process of transporting it, but then it ends up in storage. That's um, ferritin. And if we've got enough iron in storage, it's likely that there's enough iron in the blood, iron on the buses, and iron in the red blood cells. Um, but that's not always true. So that's why I like to do the full iron panel. And then the final part of that is the red blood cells. Uh, it's being transported, um, you know, to some extent into the red blood cells. And that's kind of the whole process. Oh, and then there's a a really important recycling process. So when those red blood cells get broken down at the end of 72 days, most of that iron is recycled, enters, uh, goes back onto the buses and goes round again. You know, so we don't lose a lot of iron. So when, when you see signs of iron deficiency, something's gone wrong. That's amazing that there's even a recycling system for it. Yeah, well, most of our cells are recycled, or I guess all of them are. And yeah. we do lose a little bit, but the body is hugely efficient of looking after these components. So it pulls the, the, the piece parts apart and uh, reassigns them to whatever process reintegrates them into usefulness again or use again, yeah, like the bus, very, for example. Yeah, and it happens very efficiently. The, the body doesn't waste very much. It's like a symphony orchestra playing, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. How to fix the problem. Okay, so I go and I see Glenn Davies and he says, look, your iron's through the floor. Yeah. Okay, assuming I haven't got a bad issue that i got to deal with, what's the way to fix it? And we know the sort of food that we can eat, but that might not yeah. be enough if you're really low, I'm, I'm picking. Yeah. 
So, so there are iron supplements, but there's a lot of issues with iron supplements. Uh, I think we use too high a doses. So the, one of the main ones is called um, ferrogradumid. It's 325 milligrams of iron. Uh, but we only absorb a small percentage of that, and the rest goes into the gut, and it causes havoc within the gut. So we see a lot of people with either constipation or with diarrhea from taking high-dose uh, iron supplements. Basically, if you're getting, if you're taking an iron supplement and it's causing gut problems, you're not absorbing it. You know, so if you're only absorbing 20% of that iron. 80% is being wasted, you may as well just take an iron supplement that contains 20% of the amount to begin with. You know, there's no point wasting it into the gut. So if you are getting side effects, gut side effects from the iron, then go to a lower dose um, capsule or tablet. So so that's one of my key messages. You know, the, it's if it's not being absorbed, then it's not doing any good. It's just causing you trouble go to a lower dose supplement would, would be one of my key messages and take that supplement with uh, vitamin C. Though so you'd want to do it with food before you got to supplements, wouldn't you? That'd be the aim. Yeah. As, as um, has become a, a common theme with our, our health hacks, you know, try and do it with whole foods to begin with. Um, the medication is your plan B if the foods aren't working. Yeah. Okay. Too much iron. Does that mean you'll set off the metal detector at the airport? <laughs> I um, possibly. I just just before we go on to that, um, you do have a couple of other options. One oh, is, we miss yeah, yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, one is iron injections, but the problem with that is if the technique's not done properly, it can leave a permanent stain on the buttock. So, oh, don't want and that. The, te- the technique is actually quite interesting. What you do is you pull the skin and outer layer of the buttock across. You put the injection in, inject, and then you let that um, that sort of soft tissue move back across, and it traps the iron into the muscle. Uh, but sometimes that doesn't work in very thin people, and no one likes having a permanent um, stain. It looks like a bruise. So we've tended to go away from iron injections. How many of those have you done? Um I always ask a well-trained nurse to do that for me. So, okay. All right. um, but the other way, and probably the more common way of doing it now, is with an iron infusion. Uh, so that goes directly into the vein. Uh, the advantage of that is that there's no absorption issues, so no gut issues, and you can get quite high doses, um, you know, into the blood quite easily. So that's probably the way it's done nowadays. Most most often, if people don't tolerate the oral iron, and why this? I'm just curious about the stain. Why why does it leave? The stain. Um, it's just um, the colour of iron. Okay. Um, and does it just sit in the skin? Doesn't go anywhere. Is that is that what happens? Yeah, it gets it gets absorbed into the. I guess it's a bit like a bruise. You know, I think a bruise is probably blood, and yeah, you know, iron, which is a component of the blood moving into the skin. But this can be permanent, which is which is not good. Okay. Maybe it's well, a bit I- like a tattoo. Okay. Maybe the laser can, can deal to it these days. Who knows? Who knows? Wouldn't want, no need to try and find out anyway. There are other ways of doing it. Okay, so I jumped the gun a bit. So too much iron. Um, what? 
What's the problem with yeah. too much iron? So, so obviously not having enough iron is a problem because people will be tired, lethargic, no energy, uh, low in mood. But there's the opposite end of the um, spectrum. Some people genetically are too good at absorbing iron, and that condition is called hemochromatosis. So um, heme meaning um, blood or hemoglobin and chromatosis, and they have too much iron. They're too good at absorbing it. I I expect um, some of these people genetically have evolved from the potato famine times in Ireland where uh, you know, there, there just wasn't much iron around, and people who were extra good at absorbing iron from their food, they had a survival advantage. But then when they've come into a time where there's ample iron, they build up too much iron. Um, and that can be a problem when it gets very high, like above a thousand on the blood test for ferritin. And the problem with that is that it starts to rust, and that rusting process or reactive oxygen species. So there's a cat. Now I've got animal problems. A cat has just jumped off my screen. Sorry. Um, when there's too much iron, it sort of rusts, and there you go. You've got. Um, reactive oxygen species or the problem from having too much iron. So that's called hemochromatosis. There's some genes that um, code for that, and some of them are... You can't see it, listeners, but in front of um, Glenn's camera, there there has been a cat walking to and fro, um, but uh, that hasn't affected what we're doing audio-wise. can't hear the cat, Glenn. The cat... Walked on the screen and turned on aeroplane mode. Ah, ah, that's brilliant. And can you feel it if you've got too much iron on board? Does that have symptoms that are noticeable? Yeah. Uh, when it gets very, very high, it can. It, in the very old days uh, before we were recognising it, it was called Ron's diabetes because they it builds up in the skin and it gives a beautiful tan. Right. Uh, but it also was building up in the liver and the pancreas, and the build-up in the pancreas caused damage to uh, the insulin-producing cells and people got diabetes. Um, I don't think we're seeing that hardly at all because people are getting blood tests uh, now. But one of the biggest problems is liver damage. Uh, but people tend to feel fatigued and unwell, and what they do is they basically give blood, like um, when you give a blood donation, a bag of blood's taken out, and then that transfers the iron from the iron stores into the blood and their stored iron drops and they feel dramatically better straight away. Wow. Okay, so it makes sense to be a blood donor. If you if you have the tendency to absorb too much iron, yes. If you have the tendency to be iron deficient, then um, oh, yeah. then you'd have to think about it. Yeah. Okay, so do we know um, where... The population sits on uh, iron deficient, iron too much, or are most people sort of doing okay? Yeah, how, I think. How do we do there? No, vast. I think um, iron deficiency would be uh, far more common than hemochromatosis, uh, and particularly a problem um, in menstruating women. So uh, I think it's very important that women in that age group are paying attention to. Uh, the iron and the diet particularly. And is that messaged properly, do you think? 
in the in the uh, wider world? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I I think we need a whole lot more messaging about nutrition, and and this would be one aspect that we should be messaging more strongly. Okay. Any um final things to say about iron? Um. Yeah, you know, at the start I was talking about it um, not just being about red blood cells. Uh, when I looked this up, when you look at the amount of iron in red blood cells compared with the amount of iron through the rest of the whole body, it's one to three million, the ratio. So the the iron in muscle, for example, and in all the other parts of the body and the mitochondria that we've spoken about before is many, many, many times higher than the amount in the blood. So we need to move away from this idea of just focusing on it being for making red blood cells and think about it uh, being necessary for so many different biochemical processes within the body. Do we ever estimate uh, uh, the iron component of our overall weight? Ah, that's a very good question. I should have looked that up because that, that's a really interesting question, eh? Um, I didn't do that. So okay, no, no that's know. all right. Uh, it just came to me. But it would it would be something. It's a component of our weight, isn't it? It has to be. Yeah, it, it would it would be significant, I, I guess. Uh, we might have to look that up and um, bring it up next week. A future program. Yeah. I've been um, I'm a bit more organised. Uh, next week, I think we're going to talk about eczema because one of our listeners, Sarah, yep. asked a very very good question about um, about eczema. You know, we tend just to put steroid creams on it, but I think we know a lot now about the allergy causes and uh, no surprises. It um, probably comes back to food. All right, good to catch up again. Dr. Glenn Davies, reversalnz.co.nz. We've been talking about iron next week, eczema. And if people want to get in contact, you know the text and the email, 2057, inbox at realitycheck.radio, and uh, we'll have them forwarded through. And at some point, we'll do what we did a few programs ago, Glenn, and go through some of that correspondence and sort of uh, in one go and, and tick them off. But in the meantime... Uh, let's um, let's see what people make of what we've just been talking about, and we'll catch up again in a week's time. Thank you, thank you, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.